This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Jerry Hamilton. Jerry, Jerry is the On3 National Football and Basketball Recruiting Analyst, also uh, works with us at InsideTexas.com. Uh, how you doing today, Jerry? Great, Bobby. Just uh, basketball, football, basketball, now hitting the road for some football today. So we're just, uh, ju- we're juggling the best we can right now. It's AAU season, it's football visit season, so there's a lot going on. Yeah, there, there really is. And I, I tell you what, uh, I wanted to talk to you about an article you wrote yesterday uh, for, the, uh, for Inside Texas about who's staying, who's going uh, for the basketball program, because I think that would uh, uh, educate some folks uh, about what you're thinking and what you're hearing behind the scenes right now uh, in Austin as it relates to the team. Uh, But first, I want to ask you something. I I noticed yesterday, I think Arkansas, this is just a, Arkansas pulled off another top elite recruit in basketball. Is this, I mean, Arkansas has got the number one or number two ranked class in the country. Is this, that's never, that's unheard of. Of course, they made the top eight, right? Or the elite eight this past year. Second year in a row. I mean, Arkansas has never been an elite destination, really. What's going on in Arkansas? Is it NIL influenced? I mean. Yeah, I I think Arkansas has got their NIL game together very, very well in basketball. Um, You know, Anthony Black is the five-star prospect out of Duncanville, just committed yesterday during the uh, McDonald's Jam Fest and three-point contest. And look, uh, when I was through Duncanville a few weeks ago, I put in the first RPM pick for Arkansas in our industry anywhere, period. Um, And then, you know, I felt comfortable about that until about four or five days ago. Then behind the scenes, we're hearing it's Gonzaga. He's going, he's going to be, he's going to Gonzaga. And then yesterday morning, it was Arkansas, back to Arkansas. And I, yeah, I, I think they have their NIL game going very, very well. And that's not the takeaway from Eric Musselman. He's a former NBA head coach. Uh, he His selling point and his vision is very easy to see. He's made two elite eights. He's, he can get guys ready for the NBA. He knows every NBA GM. So he helps those kids. And that's a great selling point in recruiting. But, yes, I do believe the NIL is, is strong in Arkansas basketball right now. Interesting guy. Just for a note for Texas football and basketball fans and really sports fans in general, uh, Texas is is working. I know some folks in, in, that are working behind the scenes right now uh, to improve uh, Texas's uh, NIL game itself. Uh, that looks like uh, some things are happening possibly this week. I don't know that there are going to be any announcements this week or anything, but uh, definitely some some things going on behind the scenes. Uh, and Bobby, so that- I, yeah, we always talk about football. I don't mean to cut you off. I want to point this out. I mean, NIL and basketball is huge because, look, you don't want to be portal dependent on five, four or five guys every year. Well, the way that doesn't happen is to have a great NIL structure right now in basketball recruiting to where 
you know, you can pull in that four or five man class uh, of the players at the level you want so that you're not totally inexperienced in developing guys uh, that first year when you have a group of like five really talented high school players. And as we've seen in basketball, two or three guys makes all the difference in the world. I mean, it really does. It's a different game. It's uh, a but, different game. But, but for Texas fans, I want to make sure they know that, that, that uh, I don't think Texas is going to get left behind on the NIL front. I, I know some things are, are going on, not just for football, but for basketball as well. And some uh, guys are trying to, trying to, to uh, help Texas along there. I, I wanted to ask you a couple other questions, Jerry, if you don't mind. Um, you, you mentioned in your article about the guys that you think are coming back or most likely you're hearing coming back the guys that are most likely leaving uh, for the basketball team, Chris Beard's team uh, this year, ending up in the uh, final 32. Uh, definitely an improved year, improved competitive, competitiveness overall, I thought, with the team. Um, who do you think are staying and who do you think are going? Or And who are the, uh, I don't know, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so I, everything I've been hearing for the last week is that Timmy Allen is, is leaning to returning. And obviously that would be a huge... Uh, deal for Texas because he was the best player on the team, the most consistent player on the team. Look, he had his worst game in the around the 32 in the loss to Purdue, but it happens. But he was the most consistent Longhorn all season, second team, all uh, in a DC all district team. I mean, he was a really good player for Texas, plays so hard. He is the culture guy that Beard loves. He fits him to a T. Uh, so getting Timmy Allen back would be a big deal for Texas next year because you bring in – and Christian Bishop's already announced he's coming back, by the way. So that's two ex very experienced guys at the forward position, which I think is crucial. Um, and then with Dylan Mitchell coming in, who obviously I think is the most talented player in, on the Texas roster next year, but he's still a true freshman, a future first-round pick that could be a lottery pick if he shoots it well from the perimeter. But that affords – Texas time to kind of bring him along a little slower too. not that he's not going to play major minutes, but it takes some pressure off, you know, and then you suddenly have different pieces at that forward position. So that that'd be huge if Timmy Allen comes back and also because he can initiate your offense, he can bring the ball down. So if you're playing against a team that really pressures the guards, Timmy Allen can bring the ball up the court and initiate the offense. So it takes a lot of pressure off. Uh, a coaching staff when when he's there and he's just a gritty tough kid he makes free throws he's got to improve his perimeter game he, he came a long way in the mid-range game but then it gets to the we'll see part Bobby I mean that's where we're at after that I mean Marcus Carr surprisingly enough is considering it I was told that by two different people over the weekend I will still I, I want to go on record I'll be surprised if he comes back but just the fact that he's considering it is interesting to me. Um, I don't expect Courtney Ramey or Andrew Jones back, barring the unforeseen. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. And where it gets interesting, and one of the discussions on Inside Texas, and if you haven't been over there, get the Inside Texas, and we discuss it all, football, basketball, is, look, when you're bringing in Arterio Morris, who's he's expecting to play 25, 27 minutes a game, all three of those guards can't come back in reality. And then you say, well, in reality, only one of those guards could possibly come back and have it set up to where your incoming five-star guy is going to be happy. There's that balance you have to keep in basketball. There's 200 minutes in a game, right? And there's only so many minutes out there that are allotted. And then you have Rowan Brumbaugh, who's going to sign in May at point guard that Texas is really high on now. Um, and then Devin Askew's announced he's coming back, who's going to be more of a reserve backup point guard. So... What my point in saying that is, 
if you said Carr, Ramey, and Jones, and I know a lot of Texas fans, well, hopefully two of those guys come back. It doesn't really make sense from a minute's perspective when you're talking about who you're bringing in as you want to build your program. So I think if they get one of those guys back, it's a win. And if it's Marcus Carr, I think it's a huge win because he – he can play on the ball. He can play off the ball. I think he's the best of the three guards as far as being a college player. So that would actually be – that would take some pressure off Terry O'Morse if that happened. If not, Texas is heavily in the portal with other guards. So Texas will fill out the roster fine, um, in my opinion. Um, and then you get down to – the another interesting one is Dylan DeSue. I, I mean, you know, I, I've been told by two people in the last week that, you know, I'm not sure he's coming back. And But I, I do think – the final decision hasn't been made. We'll see where it goes this week, early in the next week. Um, the problem is, once these kids have transferred, unless you unless you have the hours to grad transfer, you're kind of in a box in a way. You've already used your freebie. So, so he would actually just transfer, not not go pro and play in Europe or something. Now, I see. I came off the injury. He just didn't have that type of year. I mean, he wasn't even close to the player he was at Vanderbilt and was expected to be. It took him, a, you know, he just never really recovered from the knee injury. I don't think that's an option for him. I, I think his option is to come back to Texas, or if you do have the hours in grad transfer, go somewhere else and and play. Maybe play down somewhere or, um, to where you get your thirty minutes a game. But um, I, it'll be interesting to see what he does at the end of the day. I know he had a rough year this year I mean look it was slow to come back didn't play as much didn't when he was on the floor didn't play up to the level so I, I think he had a tough year uh, of basketball and we'll see what final decision he makes and that will impact how you know that impacts how heavy Texas has to go in the portal because you're not going to find a high school prospect late in the game that'll provide what a, a second year player like Disu at a fourth year college player could so that replacement would probably come out of the portal. It's interesting. Do you think that Disu's struggles were um, desire related or performance related, or were they strictly injury injury bounce back issues? I think it's eighty percent injury bounce back issues. I, I, I really do. You know, it, it doesn't take much to lose your confidence, right? And to not be quite as physical, a player chasing rebounds outside your area after you're coming off a major knee injury. Um, so I think it was more just performance. Uh, related and getting back and you know look when you miss as much time as he did then you have to find your way back in while Chris Beard and the staff are trying to figure out a rotation for this team um, and then Trey Mitchell started playing well then Trey Mitchell bounces then they have to depend on Deesu a little more and I'm not sure he was ready just because of how everything transpired to be that guy and, and you know when you start kind of looking at it and breaking it down it makes some sense. Yep. Um, Jerry, anybody else uh, coming back? I, I know Brock Cunningham, obviously, coming back. He's kind of a glue piece for yeah. for not just for Chris Beard, but for the Texas program, I think, at some level. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and one of those culture guys that uh, Beard is building this program on. Look, the big thing for Brock is if, if he could if he can become an even more of a shot maker as a senior, I think his value goes up a little bit more. Uh, for this team. Look, if he was a 35, 37, 38% three-point shooter, he's on the floor even more because he can guard multiple spots. He, he's just a – he's a hustler. He's a fighter. He makes plays. He, he, if there's a loose ball, he's going after that loose ball. If there's a help defensive play that needs to be made, he's making the play. But he's got to shoot the ball well enough to play those type of minutes to really impact. But he's a really good role player as it stands. No, I, I, I just laugh. I'm, I'm laughing internally because 
I played basketball competitively as a youth. And I just remember there were those guys that always had their hands in the, in the, it's like they always had their hands going somewhere. Then you just didn't know where they were coming from. And, and Brock Cunningham absolutely reminds me of that guy. That's just always everywhere. And you don't know where, he, and he just somehow makes some plays and, uh, Look, uh, look he, I, I he stirs the pot, right? He stirs yeah. the pot. Well, I jokingly tell people he's about a hair color change a week from being like Texas miniature version of Dennis Rodman on the floor. <laughs> so, kind of a hustle enforcer. Um, I'll give, I'll throw the elbow because the, the, Timmy Allen doesn't need to, you know, when that needs to happen in traffic type of guy that impacts winning. Uh, he's just got to do this. He's got to make shots. Yeah, yeah. If he can do that, that that all of a sudden changes. Although Rodman, I think, is like a career fifty-five percent free throw shooter, but <laughs> Rodman also was a athletic freak. I think. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Anybody else that I'm missing there on that in that? Well, group? I think we need. To, I think we need to hit on the portal because look, the top portal target is kid named Kenneth Lofton Jr. Uh, he he just entered the portal from Louisiana Tech, and he's an important guy to know just from the connections with Texas. So he was part of a state championship team at Port Arthur Memorial. Um, an interesting story is uh, he, we were, Justin Wells, Eric, Nolly, and myself were at the Texas big visit weekend last year in June when Arch Manning and all those guys were there. And we see this guy walking down, and it looks like he's walking down with Derek Johnson and Jamal Charles. We're like, oh, man, which offensive line prospect is this? Who's this guy? And it happened to be Kenneth Lofton Jr. And I was like, why is he at? Austin, Texas, right? I knew he was happy at Louisiana Tech. Well, it's Jamal Charles' cousin. So he comes to Austin and hangs out with Jamal. Well, that's now more important now that he's in the portal because he's 6'7", 275. When people say hear that, they're like non-athletic guy. Now, watch the videos. The guy's got great feet, agility. Uh, he's got an array of moves. He is a tremendous basketball player. Averaged about 16 and a half points, 10 and a half rebounds at La Tech. Was on the USA 19 and under team with Chet Holmgren, Jaden Ivey, the guard from Purdue. All those guys then led that team in scoring. He's a really good player. Um, and he's kind of got that big butt, so he plays 6'9". I don't care if he's 6'7 or not in college. He creates space, so he plays 6'9". Um, but he is the top uh, player in the portal for Texas because he would fill a slow block scoring need um, in a big way. He's got a mid-range game. He's a really, really good player. And I expect him on campus very soon in Austin. I think he, he, um, he'll be there and hang out with Jamal Charles and probably go check out the Texas, ba Texas basketball facility as well. The huge competition, and that's the University of Houston. Um, look, Houston believes he, he may be their missing piece. And when they've come as close as they have, you kind of believe it, right? They got a, a five-star kid, Jarris Walker, coming in who's playing in the McDonald's game tonight with Arterio Morris and uh, Dylan Mitchell, by the way. That's tonight on the SPN. But so Houston really wants him to. Texas really wants him. Jalen Gilbo knows him from Port Arthur Memorial, going to the same high school. Jacobin Brown's father knows the dad. There's a lot of Texas connections there in the Golden Triangle. So we will see if Texas – can beat Houston on one of the top portal guys in the country. Just to be clear, Ken, Kenneth Lofton Jr. is not the same, not from the same, yeah. not Kenny Lofton Sr., the former Baseball. Arizona point guard and uh, 
Houston Astros center fielder, I think, for a little while, right? No, no, no that is no no relation. His relation <laughs> in this recruitment is Jamal Charles. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I just want to I just want to make yeah. sure that I no, it's been a talk. It's a ta- it's a joke running joke on Inside Texas about you know Kenneth Lofton is that Kenny Lofton's kid? No, it's not. Yeah, I I wanted to make sure. <laughs> right. I want to make sure for the group. Um, Longhorns came off a. Uh, Big, oh, before I get going, uh, remember we have a special Inside Texas uh, this week, uh, four, four months, if you're a new subscriber, four months for just $1. It's a uh, unbelievable deal that we've got going on. We're trying to attract new membership uh, and it's working. Uh, I know we've gotten a lot of new signups and stuff and we appreciate that. Uh, and uh, I know Jerry and I work really hard and the other guys do as well. Uh, trying to bring you guys the latest and greatest information on Longhorns. Uh, Jerry, I want to uh, slip forward now to um, uh, some football recruiting stuff. Uh, so the Longhorns had uh, a baker's dozen kids in this weekend or so uh, from uh, elite players from the Arch Mannings to the Cedric Baxters to uh, a group of receivers that I thought was really a, a nice collection, a big group of offensive linemen, as well as a guy like Samaj Burrell and then a couple of safety prospects uh, too. As we look forward now, they've got another group coming in April 2nd, right? And who are some of the key targets that you can think of right now that people need to th- be thinking about as it relates to April 2nd this coming weekend? I think last weekend, like you pointed out, was an offensive weekend. Uh, save a few guys, Javen Anderson from North Shore, Jamal Shaw from West Orange, the safety. They were all also in Austin Saturday. I think this weekend, is you turn your attention to edge and D-line. I think this is a big D-line weekend. Um, look, Zalance Hurd is, is scheduled to be in this weekend. Um, he's the number 15 prospect in the country for us at On Threes, the first four-star, non-five-star in our ranking. He's a kid who prefers defensive line, but I believe, Charles Power believes, we all believe, I'm, I think all the college coaches recruiting believe, offensive tackle and a potential high draft pick. Um, but it's huge because Bo Davis was – Bo Davis offered him either first or second. Texas and Ole Miss were within an hour of each other last year. But Bo Davis has been on this recruitment. He's been up there uh, to Neville a couple of times. So this is a recruitment where Texas has a solid relationship and they're recruiting him as a defensive lineman. They're willing to give him a shot at D-line first. And I think that's why LSU and Alabama may have, are slow to jump in because they're thinking more offensive tackle. And I think Texas is doing a good job recruiting him at what he wants to be. But he, talking to Hurd a few weeks ago, he knows long-term that offensive tackle may be where he makes his money. So he's not close-minded to that. I just think he wants a shot on defense. And there's a number of kids in this class like that. Jaron Woods will be in this weekend from LaGrange. He's another one of those guys that wants to hear D-line, but he's not he, – he's willing to play offensive tackle if you told him this is your best chance in football. He just wants a chance at D-line. So he's another kid that will be in. Then Samu, I can't pronounce his last name, 6'3", 375 from Atascacita. He's coming in this weekend, Right. Then your edge guys, Braylon Shelby from Friendswood. There's a few edge guys on that list. Uh, Yumeo Zulu from uh, Maryland, a top 100 kid in the country in the, in the 23 class. They're all going to be in this weekend. So last weekend was offense, really centered around Art, showing him what the future of the offensive line will look like and could look like in Austin. This weekend is more defensive. And that doesn't mean there's, there's going to be some good receivers on hand too. I mean, Kyle Parker, John Tay Cook's coming back. But it's more defensive. Anthony Hill's coming in this weekend. 
Uh, odd three consensus five-star linebacker out of Denton Ryan, uh, one of the top targets on the board. Uh, there's going to be a number of defensive backs in. So that that's kind of where this weekend is heading. It definitely has a, a defensive tinge and then some offensive skill guys. Right. Yeah, there's no, there's no real big offensive lineman coming in this week at all like there was last week. Yeah, Jaden um, Chapman's coming back in for a second. By the way, we do yeah. want to mention that. Jaden Chapman's the one lineman coming in, and we want to mention why he's coming back in. And it's important to note, last weekend he was there with his father. I was in Austin Thursday, Friday, or, and then I went to Dallas for AAU basketball. The mom and uh, Jaden's brother were there at the basketball tournament. So why Jaden Chapman is coming back to Austin this weekend is so the mom can make the trip this time, which that's actually great for Texas. You get the kid in two weekends in a row in Austin, one weekend with the, the, the dad, the next weekend with the mom and dad. So that you, that couldn't be going better for Kyle Flood. That, that's, that, that is a buy signal. If you're, yeah. if you're a sales rep, you're like, oh, they're coming back. That's a buy signal, you know, and that's good. I mean, I, I think that uh, he's been uh, – Texas is the first offer he had. Uh, Kyle Flood clearly loves the kid, and he likes Austin. It's nearby or relatively close by. Um, Couple other guys that are coming in that defensive linemen that that you just I mean you were just running through the list real quick. Michael Gardner uh, coming in out of the Phoenix area in Arizona. He's a he's a guy that's coming in actually on Friday and Saturday. Uh, and then uh, Dylan Spencer, uh, the uh, young man from CE King that uh, is, was a second commit in this recruiting class that uh, Texas really really loved. He's coming in as week weekend. I want to ask you about two um, actually three guys that you didn't mention or four. Uh, all offensive skill guys, Lafayette, Lafayette, KOA, the tight end um, from Arlington, Sam, uh, and then Jonah Wilson, the receiver from Spring DeCaney, because he had an interesting tweet this past week, Jalen Brown from Miami Gulliver Prep, nationally rated receiver, and then Parker Jenkins, the running back out of uh, Klein Forest. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-patrollable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, Parker Jenkins is an interesting kid. I, I, he, his talent is better than his production, if we're just being real. He's never been the starting running back or the RB1, if you want to call him that, at Klein Forest. So he had about 400 yards rushing last year. So if you just turn on the highlight tape, you're like, wow, this kid's a talented kid. And he is. He just hasn't been a featured back yet. So I, I, I think he's a very interesting prospect for colleges because I think they like what they see on tape. But then they're like, what's the worst of production? Why has he not been the guy? Well, you know, there's some, they've had a couple of really good players 
at Klein Forest. Both of them have gone D1. Two years ago, the kid went to TCU Watkins, who is really fast, lightning, whose little brother runs about 10-5 there right now. Then last year was a more of an, uh, a lower D1 guy. So there's some pause there as far as why is he not taking the reins, but he's a really talented kid first off. So I expect him to put up numbers as a senior. And so for the schools that are going to con- get him on campus, stay in contact with him, stay in the fight there, and see what he looks like in the spring and in the season. I think that's going to be huge for his recruitment. Wide receiver Jonah Wilson, look, he's he was uh, out uh, injured the week I saw him against uh, DeCaney against Summer Creek. I've been through DeCaney a couple times. Uh, you know, look, he's a really talented kid. It shows up in basketball. The funny story there is, you know, um, Brennan Marion and, and, and Sarkeesian went to a basketball game, and that's when they offered him was after seeing him play basketball, which you and I love that, Bobby, right? I mean, they were on the fence on offering him. They thought he was good enough off the tape. They went by the school, then they went to the basketball game that night, and they offered him. So that says a lot about his athletic ability, dexterity, and all, all that good jazz at six six one and a half, six two, about 200 pounds. You, you and I, same way, that's a stamp of approval. Yes. That's like – because basketball is such a raw, you can, they have to move the entire time. There's no going back to the huddle and all this stuff in between plays. So you are literally seeing raw athleticism on display on offense and then on defense. And, uh, because- and, and I'm huge on the term reactive quickness and looking for reactive quickness. Reactive quickness shows up on a basketball court more than anything else when you evaluate a kid. How those feet react and that body reacts to so much sudden movement in the peripheral on a basketball court. You just can see so much. I saw it with Jare Bledsoe when I went to Bream on that day before he went back to Marlin. I, I saw it and instantly said, this is a top national guy after football watching him in basketball. No brainer. Yeah. And, and who is who is the primary competition for Wilson? You know, that's that's kind of all over the place. You know, Houston's trying really hard. Texas A&M's in the mix. Um, uh, but I think, you know, LSU may be in the mix a little bit there. We'll, we'll have to see. Uh, but I think his recruitment's wide open. I know he really likes Texas. What about uh, uh, Jalen Brown? He's not a name that's super familiar to Texas fans because he's from Miami Gulliver right. Prep High School right. uh, down in South Florida. Uh, tell, tell, tell folks a little bit about him. And then let's hit on Lafayette K-Way, too, yeah. who Texas has been on from the, the absolute outset with Jeff Banks. Yeah, Jalen Brown is a, one of the top three or four receiver prospects in the country. He's expected to run a 20.9, 20.8, the 200 this year. Um, plays on a really talented Gulliver prep team that has probably 10, 11, 12 D1 guys. Um, and uh, he is a guy that can absolutely track the football. He can go get the football, but he has difference maker speed. At the end of the day, at 6'1", 6'1 6'2", whatever he actually measures at, the next camp he's at, um, he has difference maker speed at that size with good arm length, um, and, and he's, he's a tough kid. He'll catch the ball in traffic, and uh, he, he's a pretty clean route runner, but still has, can still improve there. Um, but he, his upside is, is really high. I mean, he's, I'm not saying when you say this, it's scary to Texas fans, but, and so I'm not saying he's going to be this good because Xavier Worthy's put it on the board, but there's some similarities there athletically size wise. I think Brown's a bigger kid, um, but there's some, there's some similarities there as prospects. Let's say that. And we'll see if Jalen Brown becomes that a freshman, all American. That's a, love that's a big lead, that. but he's a talented kid. I love the way you put that when you say he's put it on the board, because that is the ultimate. We, we say the proof is in the pudding is the same kind right. of thing is once they get here, can they do it really 
do with once they get on campus. Worthy did that. And so it's interesting that you make that comparison. What about Kaiway? Yeah, Kaiway uh, is an interesting kid. He's, he was at the Under Armour camp in Dallas. I think he was bigger than I thought he would be. I, I don't have the exact, I don't remember the exact weight, but I'm thinking he was 235-ish, maybe closing on 240. Um, it, you know, look, he's not an explosive vertical athlete. He's a really good football player, though. He's got really good hands. He's got a big catch radius. Uh, he, he, he does a good job catching the ball, seeing the ball in traffic with hands going all through your visuals. Uh, so I, I think he's a really solid prospect. North Carolina has been making a strong move there. Uh, the question, I, you know, kind of with Texas, we talk about all the time is how hard are they pushing for some of these kids, right? Will Randall obviously is a big recruit at the tight end position, being Arch Manning's teammate. So the question I think coming out of this weekend is how hard are they going to push on some of these guys? Because the Texas is not afraid to play the long game. Um, and, and a lot of these kids are not going to commit until later in the summer. So I think there's still an element of that. How hard are they going to push on who and when? I, I think it's interesting you mentioned that because it's one of the things Eric was talking about. I mean, I know they only have two commitments at this stage, but they're still looking at numbers long term right now and, and concerned to make sure they don't overtake early um, so that they can play late. Uh, Anthony Hill, you mentioned coming in. Uh, everybody knows him, one of the nation's top prospects. Uh, Samaj Burrell, another linebacker, was in last weekend. You and I know, I think everybody on the Inside Texas staff loves that guy. Uh, oh, yeah. I like him. I haven't met him, but just from talking to you and Eric, who have been all over that, I, I feel like that that guy is a, is a major, major player. Um, slipping into the secondary, some of the guys coming in this weekend uh, are at least scheduled to. Javian Toviano, another Arlington. I mean, Arlington's just pumping out guys right now. He's an elite corner from Arlington Martin. Uh, Dalton Brooks is a maybe, the, the safety from Shiner. And then you have some out-of-state kids coming in, too. Uh, Derek Williams from New Iberia in Louisiana. Julius Lane uh, and Jotavian Pierce, both from Montgomery, Alabama, that are more DB athlete types. Yeah, let's start with Toviano. I mean, actually, I want to mention Anthony Hill first. Nothing is real. I talked to a source on Anthony last week. Nothing's really changed there. This person still believes AM and Texas battle at the end of the day, Oklahoma in it. Mentioned that Miami could be the sleeper. You know, the first time I ever talked to Anthony Hill, he mentioned Florida. Um, at that time, I didn't know his father was from the Miami area and has a lot of family still down there. So Miami's going to try to make a run there. I, the person that's been locked in on this recruitment still thinks at the end of the day he's going to stay closer to home, but thinks Miami will, will attempt to make a strong run with Mario Cristobal, as they should, as you would expect with the connections uh, in the state of Florida with the Hill family. Uh, moving on to Toviano, look, it, Toviano and Burrell are probably my two favorite guys. Just when I've talked to them, you walked away saying that was – you just talked to a professional. I'm not talking about an NFL player. I'm just talking about a professional in some regard, right? A guy that you felt like you were talking to a 27-year-old, 28-year-old guy in the, in the business world instead of a 17-year-old high school football prospect. Toviano's got that same maturity. And, look, that shouldn't surprise anybody that's, that's followed recruiting at Arlington Martin under Bob Wager, Ernest Cooper – is going to Stanford. They are some bright kids. They are some mature kids. They are some structured kids in that program. Uh, and Bob Wager, who's been the defensive coordinator in the Under Armour game for a lot of years, does a great job with those kids. I mean, he really does. And the parents get a lot of credit too, don't get me wrong, but then it carries over to the football program. But Toviano is a kid who was absolutely leaning to Oklahoma before Lincoln Riley left. So he took a couple of big steps back. 
um, and, and Texas, Texas getting him on campus in January 22nd was huge in the recruitment. Now he's coming back. He's been to LSU. He's been to a couple other places. He'll go to some more places. But I think Texas has done a great job rebounding in that recruitment to where they now have a legitimate chance uh, to land Toviano. Whether he plays corner, nickel, safety, I don't care. I want him in my program, one of the top defensive backs in the country. What about those three out-of-state guys, Der uh, Derek Williams, Julius Lane, Jatavian Pierce, Texas in a real it, it, with a real shot there, or I mean, I, I think the Jared Iberia seems like it, it, it. I mean, Texas has gone that direction down I ten before to, into Louisiana, but uh, two kids from Montgomery, Alabama. That that's that's not. I mean, since Justice Finkley, I guess last right. year, I can't remember another Alabama player of note that Texas signed. Yeah, so there's a couple things there. Let's start because Derek Williams is is the guy that Texas has been on and, and, and would take if he said he wanted to commit tomorrow um, out of New Iberia. And by the way, there's a 2024 D tackle in New Iberia that Texas is recruiting now too. He's really good on tape. Charles Power and I kind of watched that when we we're doing 2024 rankings. Um, but, you know, Derek Williams is thought to be a guy that's going to sign and stay in the SEC. Well, now Texas has a, a, a voice there in those recruitments now. Can you beat out LSU with the new staff? Can you beat out Alabama if they make the push? That remains to be seen. But this is a kid who's been on campus multiple times. Um, and Terry Joseph, uh, Bo Davis, Cor uh, Hankton, there's a lot of connections in, in the state of Louisiana, as we talked about in the last cycle. So they're going to be able to get kids on campus. They're going to be able to stay in the game. You know, Jordan Matthews, the corner out of Baton Rouge, is another one that's coming in April 9th. They're going to be able to stay in the game with these Louisiana kids. And, and, and I'm not sure Texas has been in that position really before um, to where I said they absolutely can stay in the game on any kid. They're recruiting. Uh, they did it with Shaz Preston all the way last year. So, uh, you know, there is, there is a considerable amount of, relationships in the Pelican State on this Texas staff. And I think that's something that people need to keep in mind. The interesting thing in Montgomery is there was a new defensive analyst added to the Texas staff that was a high school coach, a, a defensive coordinator, defensive line coach at Hueytown in Alabama and has been a coach in Alabama for a few years. Bo Davis obviously has a background in the state of Alabama. Banks recruited in Alabama, Wild Alabama. So I think you're going to see more of that with the move to the SEC. You're going to see Texas getting in on – we've talked about it – more of those recruitments east of just Louisiana, right? Alabama, Georgia, Florida, they're going to be attempting to get in on more of those recruitments. That's what I was asking. I mean, what's the tie? And you just yeah. you just delivered. And I, I that's – I mean, that, I know this sounds uh, – I'm, I'm belaboring the fact, but, Jerry, that's one of the reasons why people come to you as an expert. Um, so I, I didn't – I follow the Longhorns as religiously as anyone, as you know. And I didn't know that answer. So I, I appreciate that before I, you, sometimes I know the answer before I asked it. I didn't know it before I asked it there. And uh, thank you for, for telling me. A um, couple of things uh, you've got, you're on the road. There, there are other possibilities for visits this weekend that we did not go over because we don't have them officially written down. They haven't confirmed on the list. Um, if you're looking for the list that we have, it can be found on the Inside Texas message boards in the uh, main member message board. Uh, it'll have the April 2nd visitor list. You can go down and we're adding to it or subtracting from it uh, as we, we figure out who's coming, who's going, what have you. Um, any other possibilities? I know you're, you're headed somewhere this uh, later today to, to check in on a, on a top prospect. 
Yeah, I'm going to roll down the Langham Creek and check in on Jaquez Petaway just to uh, see where things are at. I, I, I think there's a good chance he's on campus in April. Could it be this weekend? Could it be the next? I'm sure Texas is pushing for this weekend. Uh, we, I think we all know that inside Texas. So we're going to go down there and check on Petaway and see where things are at with his recruitment. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be out about on the road, probably hit a track meet Thursday where a lot of kids are. Um, you gain a lot of information at track meets this time of year um, in our business. And the people that aren't at track meets are missing it uh, because it's a relaxed environment. It's There's no pads on, there's no helmets, there's no head football coaches. These kids have time between events. So it's a great place to go meet kids, meet parents, and kind of learn about those recruitments from coaches that aren't the football coaches as well. So, yeah, so I'm going to hit probably hit a task of Cedar later this week and check in on Samu as well um, and maybe stop by Summer Creek and just check in on Kelvin Banks. He was in Austin last week and just check on Kelvin. How's it going? Yep. Uh, question for you. Uh, this I don't often ask you this stuff because I, I we get so into the weeds about the, the ins and outs of the recruiting because I, I think that that's important that we bring the news to people. Um, what do you think of Texas right now in recruiting? I, do, you, do you like where they're at? Do you feel like they've covered some bases? Um, I know there's some, ten, I, they got, they're waiting on Arch is what Eric and I have talked about. Yeah. Uh, but overall, do you like this staff as how they're handling recruiting right now? And do you think both Brennan Marion and Tashard Choice might be an upgrade over their, uh, their predecessors? I think there's to that point first, there's no question they're an upgrade in recruiting. And that's not a knock on Stan Drayton. Look, Bijan Robinson, there's some really good running backs at Texas. I, I think to short choices, the, the way he relates to kids is off the charts and the way he presents the Texas program. I've heard about this when he was at Georgia Tech from Javante Barnes. Uh, coach is how well he presents the school and the position that he's recruiting to. Um, Brennan Marion, I, I think they're more volume guys. I think they're going to be in on more guys. I think they're going to recruit more guys nationally on the towards the headed east, which is going to be big in the future in the SEC. But I can say this I thought the strategy last weekend was off the charts. I thought it was an off the chart strategy when Arch Manning is coming in that. Not only do you get five of your top six, the one guy that Texas just can't gain any traction with is T.J. Shanahan, five of your top six offensive line prospects it headed into the spring in the 23 class. We're all on campus. Um, and then you had all the, the signees that were in state came in. Uh, so Cole Hudson was already there working out, but Kelvin Banks, Cam Williams, Connor Robertson, I mean, um, all those guys coming in uh, that weekend I thought was huge because it's one thing for Arch Manning to watch practice. Another thing for him to shake the hand of a possible NFL draft pick at left tackle and to see a guy like Cam Williams, because let's, let's be real about something here. Why well, I think it's a brilliant strategy by Texas is when Arch visits Georgia and watches them, they look like NFL offensive linemen. When he goes to Bama this weekend, they're going to be littered with future NFL offensive line, right? And the Texas practice field right now may not quite stand up to the competition. But to have all those guys there, the guys you're recruiting in the same class, the guys that just signed, which are those future guys, I think it was a, a stroke of genius by the Texas staff in recruiting. So you tip your hat to them and say, great strategy. I also like the strategy of, 
you know, we talked about this the whole last cycle and it paid off at the end, staying on the top guys. Don't, don't make the early calls if you don't really believe in them. Don't take the commitments unless you're absolutely sure about those players being the level you want and need uh, to build the program back. So I like the strategy. I like where they're at. Now, look, and I will say this too, to be fair, it's easier for coaches to do that now because of the portal, right? If you, if you swing for the fences and, and you strike out three times in one game at one position, you can go to the portal, fill the need for a year, and then go do it all again. So let's be clear. It is easier for the Blue Blood programs now, to be fair. But you still have to be willing to take that strategy and implement it and be sitting there with two commitments right now and not get anxious and stick to your guns and say, nope, here's our board. These are the guys we have to get. If we're going to go win 11 games, win 12 games, and when we go to the SEC compete from day one, these are the guys we have to get. And it worked out for him last cycle. Obviously, the Arch Manning recruitment, there's a lot of eggs in the basket. If he goes Texas way, I think you're going to see uh, the most momentum in a recruiting class for Texas and probably since 2010. Jerry Hamilton, on three uh, college football and basketball recruiting expert, uh, InsideTexas.com uh, member. Uh, thank you for your time today. Uh, educational as always for those that are interested uh, in uh, Texas sports and recruiting. Um, Jerry, uh, I want to say one last thing. Uh, we're having this subscription promotion at uh, Inside Texas. Uh, if you're interested in what's going on in recruiting on a daily basis, please consider us uh, $1 for four months. Also, I want to make a, a note. We started this uh, on Texas Football Channel. You and I, I think, were the first ones to do it together. Uh, and we started at zero uh, followers on this thing. And uh, hopefully sometime this week, if people keep uh, following us on this channel, we'll eclipse 5,000 uh, followers on the channel. Uh, thank you very much to everyone from uh, both Jerry and I. Uh, and everyone else that participates on it. Uh, for Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this edition of On Texas Football. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.